Welcome to the Building Heroes podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of the Building Heroes podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Allie, and I actually don't know how to say your last name. I've said it in my head, and I'm thinking I won't say it right, so I'll let you do that, but Allie, I'm excited to have her because she is actually a second-generation homeschooler. She like she like homeschool enough to do it with her own kids, which is awesome, and she's also an education consultant and mother of three wonderful wildlings. I like that word. So um, she also helps families make homeschooling their best case scenario, and that's her mission and her joy. So welcome, Allie, and why don't you tell us your story? Tell us more about you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love the hero's journey and how much it adds to the homeschooling experience. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, my last name is Adair hyphen Chung, which is one of, those, one of those weird things. I had all of these credentials and things under my name and I decided to hyphenate, but everyone calls me Chung. So um, it just confuses people in the doctor's office when they call Chung and I show up. Um, but my story, so I was fortunate enough to be homeschooled for the end of high school um, because I had the opportunity to travel as a singer um, with a group called the Young Americans. So I was the youngest Young American they'd ever had. And my parents were terrified to homeschool me. Um, they had, they didn't know anyone who had ever homeschooled. There was no one in the community who was homeschooling that they knew of yet. Um, and they even went to my high school and said, um, you know, they asked them to do independent study. They wouldn't, all of these things. And they were like, okay, we want to buy the textbooks from you. And then we'll bring her right back after she tours, right? Um, within three months of me homeschooling and, and doing this performing arts program I was doing, my parents brought home my siblings um, and the entire trajectory of our family changed. Um, I was always the I'm using air quotes, the high flyer, right? I was really good at the game of school. And so I was always in the gate programs, all those things. And then my sister, who was one of the most brilliant and creative human beings that has ever been here, um, is uh, she always struggled. She was in all of special education. They were telling my parents she'd be lucky to graduate high school. Um, she learned to read, but only because my parents put in a lot of the time and energy outside of the school system. And so um, they brought her home too. She now has three degrees and makes monsters with movies for a living. Um, loves every minute of it. Happy. She's starting her own business as well. Um, it, when I say it changed the trajectory of our family, I mean this in such a big way. I was a complete people pleaser and had a lot of anxiety being that high, high fun, or higher flying student. And my sister had really poor self-esteem, was really struggling in school. Um, this was, this was just the thing that really, it really met all of our needs. We became closer as a family and my mom actually went back to school um, so that she could work in homeschooling. So she got her degree as a result of us homeschooling. So it really just was completely transformative. Um, we loved it. And so I decided after high school that I wanted to get a teaching credential and try to bring some of that magic into the system. I was like, I can do it. I, this, there's so much wonderful here. You know, a child who was really struggling, a child who was doing well, both benefited. There's gotta be a way 
to bring it, to bring it. I'm going to, I'm going to change things, right? That youthful optimism. Um, and I got in there and realized, oh my goodness, the system works exactly as it's designed to, but parents, parents can make the biggest changes. Parents, empowered parents can transform the world. So I shifted my focus and started working with parents and working with homeschoolers exclusively to make that the best possible route and, and most accessible route for as many families as possible because I've seen the magic. I've seen how wonderful it is for so many kids. Um, so that's my story. That's what I do now. And I absolutely love it. I feel so blessed to have the opportunity to work with so many wonderful homeschooling families, um, especially the new ones who feel like they're about to jump off a cliff, but they're really just going off a curb into a really wonderful place. So that's what I do. And that's what I love. Oh, I love that. There's so much goodness in that story. <laughs> and and I, I like that too. Just that idea is if you're a new homeschool parent and you're, you're, you feel like you're diving in, you're really just stepping off in the curb into goodness. I love that. So I, I love too how you talked about how it just changed the whole trajectory of your family. And I think a big part of that is because, you know, like we talk about the hero's journey a lot, mm -hmm. it allowed you guys to take your own path at your own pace. Exactly. Exactly. My sister, I remember evenings growing up when it was time for my sister to do schoolwork. And I do have her permission to talk about this. She, she's very passionate as well as getting it about people understanding the opportunity. But I remember evenings in our home were horrible growing up. It was so hard because she was exhausted and the way things were being presented to her and what she was being asked to do and the way she was being asked to do it was just too much. It wasn't the right fit for her. Um, and it really put a strain on our entire family, but when they brought her home, she was really into surfing at the time and my parents still wanted to meet all the boxes, right? So she had to do a geography class. So what they decided to do was have her create a project where she had a certain amount of money and needed to travel the world following the current so she could get the best waves all around the world. She planned an entire year long trip, um, following the currents and she knows more about geography than I think anybody I know as a result. <laughs> um, so just meeting her where she was at and letting her dive into what she was passionate about was incredible. And her senior project was a fashion show and she designed everything. She planned it. She did the marketing for it. I mean, she got more out of the three and a half years she was homeschooled than she did her, the entire rest of her education. And I was able to do all of my schoolwork in one month at a time. And then I take three months to travel the world to get to work with kids and families, which has informed so much of what I do now. Experiences I never would have had otherwise. So you're exactly right. Being able to follow our passions, our interests opened us up to so much opportunity. Oh, I love that too. And and when you're following your interests and your passions, that's when the knowledge becomes relevant. And right. when knowledge is relevant, then that's when the desire and the spark comes alive because you're like, yeah, I want to know this. Exactly. Well, and you know, I'm a total geek for brain science. And when you look at the science of how we learn, you cannot learn something new unless you can connect it to something, you know, something that's already filed away. So it has to be a part of something, you know, what you're learning, what you're trying to bring in has to be part of something that's already in you, something that already your body and your brain have already decided is worthy of keeping in storage. So being able to explore these new ideas through a lens of your passion and interest 
automatically makes those neurons connect much faster. So yeah, there's, I love, I'm a total science geek and I, I'm also, that's another thing about homeschool, right? I love the arts and I was traveling, but I love science. So I got to really dive deep into both. Yeah. I love that because I am a geek of brain science too. And <laughs> so true. It's like our, our neurons need something to connect to the fire and, and just having those connections and, and the epiphanies. That's what makes learning exciting. Yes. It really does. It really does. So um, I also find it interesting that you say that the system works as it's as designed. Mm -hmm. So, and you're talking about the public school system. Tell us more about that. So I, you know, as I got in into, and I hold, I have three teaching credentials. I tried every route I could possibly try to, to break through. Um, I worked in charters. I live in California. We have a really unique charter system. Um, I worked in the charters, the homeschooling charters, traditional public. Um, I have all of these different credentials. And just over time, I realized that anytime I tried to make a change, even if the people locally within the program I was in wanted to make those changes, the system as a whole is designed in a way where those decisions are not um, anywhere near or connected to the people who actually work with children. So it is designed for it to be a more global thought process and those um, standards being um, set, the systems that are in place to make things run and work every day really have very little to do with children. And there's really not a way to crack through to get up to the top to make those changes. Um, and so when we see, and then I, start, then I started looking into the history of our education system um, and what it was initially designed for and you know, the results the system has had over time. Um, and it's, it's really not designed for each child to meet their potential. It's designed for each child to have base, a base knowledge, a wide inch, you know, a mile wide inch deep base knowledge um, so that we can check a box off as a, as a country. Um, but it's really not designed for children to be their best selves um, and get and meet their best potential. Um, and every, every chance that I had to make an attempt at a crack, um, it's just really fortified. There's really not a way to do it. And we have incredible teachers working in the system. It's, it's not them. It's just the way it's designed um, to really keep that mile wide inch deep with that really high level um, decision making on what happens. Yeah, and I agree with that. It, we have a lot of wonderful teachers in the system who really want to make a difference, but it's really, really difficult because of the way the system is set up. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you're right. It works as it's designed. So we are getting a lot of people who, who are getting a base of knowledge, but it's not designed to help our kids live up to their potentials. Mm -hmm. But like you say, empowered parents can make a big difference, whether your kids are homeschooled or in public school or in a charter school or whatever. Yeah, when parents start holding whatever tools they're using to educate their children accountable to their family, things change. Things change drastically. Um, when and, and here's the thing, I think most parents want that but don't realize that they have the power to be in that position. We've really, as a society, we kind of have this culture of we hand them over to experts. Um, 
But in reality, there's no better expert on your child, their potential, their ability, their passions, their interests than you, the parent. And there's nobody that cares more about the outcome than you, the parent. So when parents are empowered to, to step up and say, no, this is what my child needs and deserves. And I'm going to hold either the school, the curriculum, the learning center, whatever it is you're utilizing a tutor to the standard of what is best for my child, um, that's when things transform. Yes, and I completely agree with that. I, I do think, you know, sometimes we, we, well, I find it really sad that we go through this whole school system and we don't even feel empowered enough to teach our own kids, mm -hmm. you know, when we come through it. But I think the system can still be used as a tool, but I love how you say that we need to bring it back to the family because the family really is the foundation of a free society. And <sighs> when we bring it back to the family, that it's like you say, parents can change the world. Absolutely. And, you know, if you are staying in that system, you can go and demand the other teacher, right? There's always that one teacher in each grade level who would be a better fit. You can do those things. And I think, um, you know, empowerment is not exclusively to homeschoolers. Homeschoolers do have a lot more room and space to make sure that every aspect of their child's education um, is customized so that they can follow their hero journey path. Um, but you can still, every parent has the capability to do this. They just need to know that it's okay. And that the potential outcome is worth any discomfort it is to take those steps. Yes, absolutely. And you know what, even sometimes you can just say, my child is not going to benefit from this homework assignment. Absolutely. What if they do this instead? You know, and, and I think just taking that back in your own hands can help you feel a little less out of control too, you know? Yes, yes absolutely. And if you're homeschooling your curriculum, same thing. <laughs> you can, the curriculum is not the master. It's a supportive tool. Um, yes, I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to trade one expert for another. You, you need to stay in the driver's seat. Absolutely. So, Okay homeschooling, I love homeschooling, but I did not at first because it was really, really hard. And you say you're stepping off a curb into something better, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about, did you have any struggles when you first started homeschooling and what did that look like for you? So I always knew I was going to homeschool. Well, not always, but once I had experienced homeschooling, I knew that was going to happen. So when, when my husband and I were dating, we were getting to the point where we knew we were going to get married. I made it very clear. Our children are going to be homeschooled. So decide if you're okay with that now before you propose, because that is, that is not a negotiable for me. And I remember him saying, okay, well, we'll go year by year. And I feel like a lot of people do that. They're like, well, yeah, kindergarten is okay. First grade is okay. Um, he has completely become a homeschooling evangelist now <laughs> because it's been such an incredible experience for us. Um, but I will say that even though I had planned my entire homeschool in my head for the years before, because we all do that, right? What our children are gonna be like, you're never a better parent than before you have children. Um, and then I have my beautiful, wonderful, wild children who I adore so much, but my firstborn has some significant uh, learning challenges and um, neuro, neuro developmental differences. Um, and so what I had always envisioned for our homeschool which this is where we get in trouble, right? When you have a, a perfect image, you've seen someone else doing it this way and you've decided that that's what you're going to do without 
um, really looking at or honoring who your children are, who the people are that you've been give, entrusted with. Um, and so in the beginning, I was trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. Um, and you know, to take it a step further, I'm not a person who loves schedules. Um, <laughs> I've always preferred, and that's one of the things I loved about homeschool, that I would get up one day and feel like, let's do a project, and another day, let's go to the beach. Um, but then I had a, a child with neurodevelopmental differences who did not thrive or benefit from that kind of lifestyle at all, really needed more of a structure in place. And so um, we went through this phase where I really had to figure out what was coming from me and what was really going to be beneficial for my child. Um, and I feel like when I'm working with families, that ends up being a really big source of contention too, right? There's the, we have the child we're parenting in our head or the child we're homeschooling in our head and the child in front of us. And the child in front of us has so much more potential and so much to teach us, so much more to teach us than the child in our head. Um, but it did take some time to really figure out how I could be the best homeschooling parent for my child and not the best homeschooling parent for what I had visioned in my head. Um, and so that there were some there were some challenges there, and um, you know I really set us up for a minute there to not have success by pushing for things that were not the best for my oldest. Um, and so we have worked through that, and things come up all the time. I feel like in homeschooling, you're constantly adapting and changing. Um, but one of the biggest things that supported us was finding this middle ground between strict schedule and me hating schedules, feeling like, like it was an absolute repellent. Um, and we, we found this, discovered this idea of rhythms and that has really been supportive of both of us. And so I think there was just during that transition, finding a middle ground where I could really be the homeschooling parent that he needed while still getting what I needed out of my parenthood experience too. Yes, absolutely. I can relate to this on so many different levels here because I was the same way. I just wanted to go ha, be free, but it wasn't working for me because my house was a disaster, couldn't find the shoes, you know, all these things. And then it wasn't working for them either. <laughs> kids, and kids, I did realize this, kids really do need some structure no yeah. matter what personality they are. Some need more than others, but they all need some because structure gives us more predictability. It gives us, so, and predictability gives us more of uh, the feeling of safety and exactly. security. And when things are always unpredictable, the kids don't feel safe. No one feels safe, you can't learn. Yes, exactly. And I'm, not, I'm not the best mom when I'm stressed out about finding shoes or because the kitchen counter is still covered in stuff and I'm not the mom that I want to be in those situations. So we really had to find a new, new plan. Exactly. So, so tell us a little bit more about how you use rhythms in your, in your home. Well, so I first came across the idea of rhythms when I was, because obviously the plan I had wasn't working. So I was going to find another plan. Right. And I started researching all the other methods and I came across the idea of rhythms in the Waldorf method and the Waldorf method was not a great fit for us, but I took this idea of rhythms. and like, okay, that makes sense to me. You know, something that, that can be predictable for them, but is flexible enough to allow for life and changes. Um, and so I took the foundations of that and I was like, this particular situation is not going to work for us, but I like the, the basis of it, the foundation of it. And I took that and started building on it and adjusting it to what our family's goals and vision uh, were. Um, and so, you know, some of the things I did was I looked at what was working for us. 
right? And I'm like, okay, this works for us. This, you know, waking up and going right outside was a huge game changer. Um, so I just was looking at what was working for us. And I put those in as kind of our anchors and then built up from there. And I made sure to balance, you know, work or focused activities with some free play and, um, open-ended things so that everybody was getting that kind of breath during the day. Um, and I started putting in our chores and taking care of our home um, because really doing that together has been very transformative too, because um, whether they're helping me or not, because my kids are still young and they don't always help hundred percent with the chores, but they know that that space is there. And that is when they come talk to me and pour their hearts out. So having this like rhythm in place, it really opened up doors that I wasn't even expecting. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's been good, <laughs> but it was just getting over that mental hurdle of this is a schedule because it's not, it's, it's a flow to your day. It's an, it's a way for your children to anticipate what's next and a way to not have that running to-do list in the back of your brain all the time. Um, because you know that it's Wednesday morning and that's, we, you know, we go outside and we go for a walk and then we throw laundry in on our way upstairs. Right. And so, um, it just took such a mental, a load of that mental load off, um, and ended up making these pockets and, and bits of room where I had more time to connect with the kids. So, um, a lot less yelling, a lot more, a lot more time together. Oh, I just love that. And I also love too, that you realized that the plan in your head that was supposed to work never will when you put it in reality <laughs> and, and that you needed to adjust it. And, and find something that works. So I love that you kept looking. And even though Waldorf wasn't the answer, you look for the gems because that's how we learn. We, we find those little bits that can change the whole, you know, course that we're on. And so I love that. And it's great that you go outside first thing in the morning. That doesn't really work for a lot of us who don't live in California. I was but... gonna say, I'm very fortunate we live in Southern California. <laughs> that's awesome. But you know, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing, I guess, too. <laughs> also exercising inside works too, because we live in Southern California, we're also weather wimps. And so like the tiniest bit of rain and we're <laughs> doing yoga inside, or we have, we turned our garage into like a sensory gym for my son. We're out there playing, we're doing something else. So lots of, it's really just about moving first thing in the morning. <laughs> yes. And that's excellent. I love that. Um, you know, it, it's interesting too, once you get into your rhythm, that then sometimes things come along to mess that up, right? You have another kid or, or you move or whatever. So in that case, how do you adjust? Okay. I love this question because I think um, one, one misconception is that you set a rhythm and then you have it forever. Like that's the only way it's ever gonna work. Um, but just like when you find out that the kids that were in your head and the kids you have are different people, um, our kids are growing and changing all the time. And so are their needs and our own. So we had a baby, I have a, a 16 month old right now. And when I was pregnant with him, I had hyperemesis. It was the first pregnancy I'd ever had that. Um, so I was extremely sick the entire time. Um, and our rhythm had to go through some drastic shifts um, several different times, just based on the, the world we were living in um, at that time. And then we went into having a baby and then we went into the world going crazy. So our, our rhythm had to have multiple revisions. Um, and I think 
the biggest thing to, to keep an eye on is when things start to feel like a struggle again, when you're starting to have to pull kids from one place to the next, or you're not able to get to things, or you're just getting to the end of the day and you're feeling frazzled. Like it just wasn't a flow that wasn't working. And I'm not talking about one day, right? We all have days. You can have the best rhythm in the world and you're going to have a day every once in a while where things just don't go the way they need to. Um, someone's teething, someone's, you know, just didn't sleep well last night, whatever it is. But if you have, you have some like consecutive days, like four or five consecutive days where you're just feeling like frazzled and frustrated and you're arguing with the kids or pulling them from place to place, that is a sign that you need to go back and look at your rhythm and see, okay, what is working? What parts of our day are still going smoothly and what parts of our day are not? Um, and start to throw in some new things or change things up a little bit. Um, I would say that in a normal year, we just had two very not normal years, but in our home, but in a normal year, we go through four rhythms, like as the seasons change, because the kids want to be out later at night and that changes our morning plan or, you know, what we're doing in our community changes. So I'd say at minimum, we change it with the season. So it really is about, you know, when you get to that place where things just don't feel like they're working anymore taking a minute, looking at it and being willing to make those changes so that the flow keeps going. Oh, I love too, that you give very key points to notice for when you need a flow change, a rhythm change. And that's, you know, when it's starting to feel like a struggle and you're feeling frazzled and exhausted at the end of the day. And then I thought it was really interesting that you said, if that's been going on for four or five days, cause I'm like thinking, there's moms out there that this has been going on for months or years, and, Yeah, you know, and if it's been going on that long, it's just saying, you know what, we just need a rhythm flow change. Mm -hmm. Well, that. and then if you, if you've been in this place for years, um, bless you. That's a lot. And take a deep breath and just give yourself grace moving forward. We're going to try something new, something different now. Um, something that I've seen be very beneficial in lots and lots of families. Um, but give, take a breath and give yourself some grace. That's a long time to be in that state. Um, but, and you know, just know too, that rhythms are a great tool, but they're not magical overnight. It takes, it takes a good solid, especially if you've been at it for years, like this feeling for years, it can take a solid month, just like creating a new habit to really get your kids to um, feel the rhythm and go with it and have everybody work through that. Um, typically you start seeing changes at two weeks. Um, but it, it can take up to a month. So, um, if you've been in this place for a really long time, um, take a deep breath. We're going to do something different and it's going to be great, but you're going to, it's not going to happen overnight. And I don't want you to give up on something that could be really helpful to your family, um, because of expectations that aren't realistic for the children in our home. Yes, absolutely. And the good news is, is that, you know, even if you've been in this space for a while, because I remember I was in the space for a very long time where I was feeling like everything was a struggle and I was so frazzled and, but there is hope. There is absolutely. hope. You can get to this point where you can intentionally be creating these rhythms on a regular basis and you can notice when the rhythm's not working and it needs an adjustment within four or five days instead of years. Yes. There is hope. If I can do this, anybody can do this. Absolutely. And I think the thing too, with that is that your experience as a parent matters, your experience with motherhood matters. And the way you experience motherhood has a lot to do with how your children will experience parenthood later on. 
So it is worth it to take the time and take that breath and make these adjustments. Um, because the other side of it is, is such a breath of fresh air. It's such a nice place to be. Um, and you deserve to have a wonderful motherhood. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we feel like we just have to keep running. We don't have time to create a rhythm, but you do, you do for sure. You really don't have time not to. That's That's the bigger thing is that, um, if you don't take the time, if you don't let the laundry pile up for a day or two, while you figure this out, the laundry will be piling up for years to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So worth it to take the time to do this. Well, Allie, I want to thank you so much for taking time in your rhythm, <laughs> in your flow to, to come and share this with us, because I know it's, it's super helpful for a lot of our moms to hear this, that there is help to get yes. into the rhythm that you want to, and it gets easier every time that you have to adjust it when you're, you know, when you're intentionally working on that. Absolutely. So, your toolbox gets bigger and bigger. Yes, for sure. So can you let our audience know where to reach out and find you? Oh, I would love to connect. So you can find me on Instagram at Conscious Family Project. um, And then the same website, ConsciousFamilyProject.com. And I'd love to connect with you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. Yes. And also for those of you that want more help building a strong foundation in your home, we do have our Hero Journey membership, and cool thing is, is Allie's going to be joining us there to give us a guest training on how exactly she pulls these rhythms into her home as well. So yes. looking forward to that. It'd be good. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.